966, Matthew chapter 2. Uh, because we've been following over this Christmas Matthew's story of Jesus' birth. And Matthew tells it in his own particular way. He tells it different from Mark and Luke and John. Uh, and he tells it according to these journeys that we're thinking of uh, today. Now, uh, it's actually in five acts, five parts of the story. And in each one, Matthew says, this is, the, this is the particular thing about Matthew. He says, in each place, in each act, a prophecy, that is, a promise was fulfilled to prove that God had planned it all along, that God was in control, that God is keeping his promises, and God is the special father of his son, Jesus. Now, we're going to need uh, the help of the direction of the church. Did you know what the sharp end, the pointy end at the top of the church is called? That's the, which direction is that? Anybody tell me? That's the east end. Uh, that wall over there is which wall? No, it's not actually. It's the south wall. That's the south wall. That's the north wall. So have you got the directions? East, south, north. And the story starts, Act 1, in Nazareth. Can anybody tell me, is Nazareth north, south, or east? It's in the north, isn't it? And there in the north, it all started with Mary. An angel came to Mary and also to Joseph as well up in Nazareth, up in the north, the far north, lots of trees up in Nazareth. It's in the countryside up in the north. And the angel said that Mary was going to give birth to a son and his name would be Jesus, which means savior. He will save his people from their sins. That was in verse 21 of chapter 1. And we looked at that the Sunday before last. Do you remember that? Um, and Matthew puts his own interpretation on it. Matthew says what it meant. Look at verse 22. It's up on the screen as well. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, that was actually way back in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 7. She will give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us, God with us. He's divine. He's the Son of God. God come to earth with us. So that's Act 1, Joseph and Mary in Nazareth. Now, Act 2 takes place in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem was near Bethlehem, further down in the south, and in Jerusalem, what happened in Jerusalem? Well, it's interesting how Matthew tells the next bit of the story, it's at the beginning of chapter, whoops, yeah, that's going to happen to him in a moment. There was grumpy King Herod. Somebody called him yucky on Christmas Day, is that right? Act 2 in Jerusalem. Some men have arrived from the east, the wise men, the magi, and they're looking for a king. And Herod, who is the grumpy king, the yucky king, as somebody put it, heard about this and he was very distressed. He was very upset indeed. Uh, Herod was actually fairly ignorant. He didn't know much about Jewish history. Do you know, he was only half Jewish himself. And so he asked the wise men who knew a bit more than he did about it, where was this king going to be born according to the, the, the promises in the Old 
Jewish scriptures. And they said, well, we know, and Matthew records this, do you see, in verse 5, after he gathered, Herod gathered all the priests to tell him, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Now, that was in a bit of the Old Testament called Micah, Micah chapter 5. And this is the second prophecy, out of you will come a ruler, a royal ruler. And so, uh, this is the stage we got to. We got there on Christmas Day, hadn't we? And by Christmas Day, we learned uh, that Jesus was both God and King. He's a divine ruler. He's the Son of God and the Christ. He's the Savior and the King. Well, now, maybe at this point we're thinking, this is absolutely wonderful. And of course, it is wonderful, and we celebrated it on Christmas Day. Everything's going to be rosy. Everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be easy now that Jesus has come. But you know, the Bible is real and tells us the full story. That was not the end of the story. Act 3, Joseph and Mary, and, oh, incidentally, Jesus is now born. So, Joseph and Mary and Jesus are warned to go to Egypt. In a dream, Joseph is warned of danger from King Herod. Take the child, look at verse 13, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. And Matthew, again, puts his own interpretation on it. He quotes one of the Old Testament prophecies, and he says, this was to fulfill, so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. And so Joseph... And Mary, this is going to have to be the east. Off they go to Egypt. Egypt was where the Israelites had been slaves. You should get out of the way so that you can see it. Go into slavery in effect. But God will be with you and will rescue you. So that was Act 3. And Act 4 is a terrible story that takes place in Bethlehem near Jerusalem. That was where the stable was in Bethlehem, wasn't it? The shepherds are still there. But I think we'll draw a veil over anybody else, any other figures, because uh, Herod had all the little baby boys done away with. And Matthew puts his interpretation on it. If you're looking at it, verse 17... Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. And this was a bit of the Old Testament in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 31, a voice is heard in Ramah. That was a place near Bethlehem, weeping and great mourning. It was actually a reference to the Israelites being taken in captivity, in exile to Babylon way back uh, 800 years earlier. Terrible, terrible part of the story. But meanwhile, Joseph and Mary, when Herod, what happened to Herod? He died, didn't he? So let's have Herod. He's gone now. And Joseph and Mary, who'd been out in Egypt, where did they go back to? They went back 
to where they had started from in Nazareth. Act 5, Nazareth. Because the angel said, after Herod died, get up, take the child and his mother, and go to Israel. And then Joseph was warned in another dream not to go back to Jerusalem because Herod had been replaced by his son, a terrible man called Archelaus, who was just as bad as Herod himself. And the angel warned them again, uh, don't go back to Jerusalem, but go to where you came from originally, to Nazareth. So they were back home again. Bethlehem had only been a temporary home. They didn't even have a proper home of their own. But Nazareth was where God provided them with the home that Joseph had come from originally, their original home, and he brought them all the way back home. And Matthew, again, puts his interpretation on it. Do you see verse 23? He went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. Now, actually, we don't know where that prophecy comes from, which is why there's no reference to it. But it was a promise. Maybe it was a, a promise through um, a, a local well-known saying, a, 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 a local proverb, a, a well-known saying, rather than in the Bible. Now, Egypt here was a place of refugees. Bethlehem was a place of rejection. But you know, Nazareth was a place of ridicule. Uh, People made fun of Nazareth up in the north. They made fun of northerners, as some very unkind people in this country might make fun of northerners themselves. God forbid that I or any others of us from the south would do the same. But in Nazareth, they did. They did make fun of them. And do you remember, uh, there was one character called Nathaniel. When he heard about Jesus coming from Nazareth, he said, huh, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was proverbially a place of fun. So these three acts, Egypt, the place of refugees, Bethlehem, the place of rejection, and Nazareth, the place of ridicule. That's how the story continues and ends. But for Mary and Joseph and Jesus, God was keeping his promise. He knew in advance about their rejection. He was keeping to his plan for them. And he was fulfilling his purpose. Now, what's the meaning of that for us? I think for us too. Can you imagine for refugees today, we don't easily identify with this story, but if you were a refugee in one of those countries today, hearing about how God looked after the Holy Family and eventually brought them back to their own home, that would be a very, very meaningful story to you today, wouldn't it? This Sunday after Christmas. But we also can trust Jesus. He will save his people. He'll rescue us. First and foremost, we're told he rescues us from our sins. He won't always save us from difficulty or even danger. He won't always keep us from being rejected or being ridiculed. And I don't know if any of you have encountered that. Maybe in your school or maybe in your neighborhood or maybe in your place of work. People look down on you, you may feel left out because you're a follower of Jesus or even laughed at for being his followers. 
But the lesson is that he knows everything we go through. He loves us. He'll reward us for staying loyal to us. He forgives us when we go wrong. That's why we're going to celebrate Holy Communion in a moment. If we say sorry to him, he forgives and he will rescue us. And now just for the adults here, maybe some of the older children, I know what you may be thinking. Did God rescue the little baby boys in Bethlehem? The answer in this life is, no, he didn't. God doesn't protect us from all the realities of this life. And don't you thank God that the Bible faces up to the reality of life and to evil people, wicked people who do terrible things. Were they rescued? Well, not in this life. And this is a real part of the Christmas story. And you know, the Christian church down through the centuries has always had this realism. Do you know what the three days after Christmas are? December 26th, St. Stephen's Day. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. That was Boxing Day, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Stephen, the first Christian martyr. December 27th, Holy Innocence Day, remembering those babies in Bethlehem. And at the beginning of Jesus' life, they died in his place. But we believe that at the end of Jesus' life, he would die in their place. And we can believe those babies are now saints in heaven. And December 28th, anybody know what December the 28th in the Christian church has been celebrated as down through the centuries? Since Stephen's Day, Holy Innocence Day, it's John the Baptist Day. John the Baptist, the closest relative of Jesus, who he said, none born of a woman was ever greater than John the Baptist. And yet he died. He was taken away as well. So the church, as well as the Bible, has been true to life, hasn't it? It's been real. And the lesson for us is that through all of this, despite everything, whatever we go through, at the end, God wins. Jesus will have the last word. He is the Savior, the divine Son of God who will rescue us.